Good morning, family. My name is Joy Martin. Can you all stand for the reading of the word? This morning, we will be reading 1 John chapter 1, starting at verse 1. It reads, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you that the eternal life, which was given with the Father, and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, you guys have a seat. Thank you, Joy. You guys pray with me. Let's pray together. God, thank you for today. Thank you for um, just bringing us here together on another Sunday to come together and begin this Advent season together, this Christmas time, where we look backwards to the birth of your son Jesus and we look forwards to his coming again. And um, God, I pray that you would just right now settle our hearts just securely, firmly on the hope that we have in your son. God, speak to us that hope through your word today. Um, God, in whatever way you want to use me just to share that hope and the good news that your word teaches us, um, please do that. God, and open, open the ears of those who hear this word today. Not my words, your words, your word, that we may receive the hope that you've given us, that we are called children of God, and that we may then accordingly live our lives in purity and holiness, seeking after you to be like Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So today is our first Sunday of the Advent season, our Advent series. If you guys know um, anything about Advent, we, we did this uh, last year, and honestly, every year we're going to do this at Christmas time, this Advent series. For about a thousand years now, um, Christians have celebrated Advent, even done sermon series in, in Advent um, during, the, during this time of year. Advent is the beginning of the Christian calendar. Um, I don't know if many of you guys are familiar with Christian calendar things, but Advent's the beginning of that really starts now, um, four Sundays before Christmas. And then Advent, the Advent, or the uh, Christmas, the, sorry, the Christian calendar goes all the way through um, Pentecost, really after Easter. And then 50 days later, that's Pentecost. Um, and then there's a Sunday called Trinity Sunday that is kind of right at the beginning of summer. And that's the end of the Christian calendar. And then there's sort of a quiet time up until Advent begins again uh, in December. So that's kind of how, how that rhythm works. And Advent really... Uh, it's a celebration looking back, as I was just praying, as we look back to the first advent. Advent means coming or arrival. It's a Latin word. Adventus means coming or arrival. We look back to the very first advent of Christ, the coming of Christ, the arrival of Jesus as he was born of the Virgin Mary 2,000 plus years ago. And we actually look ahead to the second advent of Christ. He's going to come again. I don't know if y'all know this, but Jesus is returning at some point when, he, when, the, when the Father sends him back to raise the dead, resurrect 
all who are in Christ and, and reveal the sons and daughters of God and bring us into eternal life and salvation forever. And so we kind of stand when we celebrate Advent, we stand between these two Advents, right? The first Advent of Christ and the second Advent of Christ. And we both look back in hope and we look forward in hope, right? We, we celebrate and we rejoice what God has done and we hopefully expect what God's going to do when he sends his son Jesus to return. Um, and, and Advent really is a time for us to kind of combat the commercialism of Christmas. Advent for the Christian is a time for us to really slow down. When our culture is screaming all these different messages to us, Advent is really a season of reflection. It's a season of repentance. It's a season of prayer and worship and community. It's full of imagery and tradition. A lot of the traditions we have for Christmas um, have followed Advent for a thousand years or so. Uh, there's an Advent wreath with candles. Y'all see this back here. Every Sunday, we're going to light a candle for the next four weeks, um, that those candles represent something. Today, we've, we've lit the prophecy candles, what's called the prophet candle. Um, and really, it's a candle all about hope. Today's about hope. Um, as we think about the, the prophets have always uh, foretold of the coming of Jesus and, and uh, the second coming of Jesus. We decorate with greenery and lights that symbolize the, the new life and the light of Jesus Christ. Um, we sing songs, we pray prayers, we give gifts, we have feasts all around the celebration of Jesus having come into this world and the expectation of his, again, his second advent, his return. In short, Advent is the Christian answer to the commercialism of Christmas. So when our culture says, hustle, Advent says, hush. When our culture says, shop, Advent just says, stop, right? When our culture screams at you and pushes you towards the stress and the depression and the task lists of go and get and buy and wrap and plan and clean and cook and host, Advent just whispers back, rest. Rejoice, celebrate, worship, not Santa, Jesus. Like that's what Advent is about. It's really this time where we just, we slow down. And so today we've lit our first Advent candle um, and we're gonna talk about the hope that we have in Jesus. We're actually gonna spend the next few weeks in the book of First John. So if you guys will turn there with me, uh, Joy was reading from First John a minute ago. If you have a Bible, just turn to First John. If you don't have a Bible, they're under some of the chairs in here. So grab a Bible if you need one um, and keep that one. That, that Bible's yours if you want that Bible. You can have them. Um, so First John, actually chapter three. Let's go to First John chapter three because I want us to see... Um, this, this hope that the apostle John, who was one of Jesus's very best friends, this is the apostle who spent three years with Jesus in his ministry. Um, he's often called the disciple that Jesus loved. Um, really, you could consider John to be just that. He was, he was the best friend of Jesus. He saw him. Um, Joy just read how John kind of opens up his letter going, man, we've seen him. We, we touched him with our hands. Like we, we heard him speak. He came. He's talking about his first advent, right? That's what John, 1 John 1 is all about. He, he, he did come. He came in the flesh. He was born and we lived with him and we walked with him. And now we don't see him any longer, but we're awaiting the second advent. And that's what 1 John chapter 3 is about. And here, here's what he says. 1 John 3, starting in verse 1, he says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, we are, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, there's the second advent, right? When he appears, 
we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Now, I'm going to make a note here as, as, we, as we jump in. I'm reading uh, the NIV 1984 version. That's the Bible that I read when I preach. Um, I just like it because it's really readable and easy to read. Actually, when I study, generally I've studied with an ESV or NASB, and that, that doesn't really matter, except it does matter right here because there's actually a word missing from the NIV. I don't know why uh, they left this word out the very beginning of the sentence in chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3. Some of y'all have a Bible in here that the very first word is not how great is the love. The very first word you see is the word what? Anybody? See, behold, right? Some of y'all have that, right? And that's correct. In the actual Greek that John wrote, the very first word he wrote in this chapter was behold. It's see. I don't know why they left it out here. You know, it's not like a theological issue. It's just they left it out for some reason. But it is there that John opens this up going, see how great, behold how great the love that God has for us is that we should be called children of God. John wants us to see something. He wants us to behold something. This is not a seeing with our eyes so much. This is a seeing with our heart that we call faith. You know, when Jesus says to Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed, that's the seeing that John's talking about. Like you don't see it with your eyes, but you believe. You have faith in your heart. Uh, look at 1 Peter with me. You don't have to flip over there if you don't want to. But in 1 Peter, um, the apostle Peter says it like this in verse eight, 1 Peter 1, 8, he says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So that's the seeing that John is talking about here when he says, behold, see how great the father's love for us. It's, it's a seeing that is not with the eyes, it's with the heart. The apostle Paul prays for the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter one, that they would uh, receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's Ephesians 1.18. That they would receive the spirit of revelation, like they would see something that they don't see with their eyes, they would see with their hearts and their minds, that God would allow us to see, right? And this is what John is talking about. And I want us to look actually at the gospel of John as well. So flip over to the gospel of John. We're flipping a little bit today, so keep those things bookmarked. We're going to go back to 1 John, but look at the gospel of John, chapter 1. In John 1, 9, the same guy who wrote 1 John, he wrote this gospel. John chapter 1, verse 9, he says, The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. This is John's uh, version of the birth story of Jesus, by the way. He says, The true light that was, giving, that was to give light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. So John, in, in his letter, 1 John chapter 3, and in John, the gospel, chapter one, he makes the, really the exact same connection, that there's some sort of connection that John is making between being able to see with faith, being able to see and believe in Jesus, right? That and being a child of God who is full of hope, right? It is the children of God that John is saying can see something that other people can't see. We can see. What do we see? What do we understand? What do we know? What do we believe? What do we have faith in that the whole world doesn't, doesn't see? It's Jesus, that he is our hope, 
that he has come, that he was born of the Virgin Mary, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross, that he rose again from the dead, that he is offering salvation to all who come and put faith in his name. We see this and we have hope in that and we rejoice in this. That is the seeing that John wants us to have. And so he opens that up in, in chapter three, back to first John, where he says, see how great the father's love is for us that we should be called children of God. See that connection? Seeing and being a child of God. The children of God can see. That, that is a distinct reality and truth about children of God that is not true of every human being. It is true of those who are God's children through faith in Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that that is amazing because that wasn't always the case for us. And again, that's not the case for every person in the world. Listen, Every person in the world is a creation of God, made in the image of God, and is, because of that, worthy of the utmost respect and honor from all people, because all people are made in the image of God by the hand of God. And so we respect and we love all people. But there is a distinction between being God's creation and being God's child. And the Bible talks all about this, that, that we, in fact, were enemies of God, Romans 5.10. And now we are children of God, Romans 8, 14, given the spirit of adoption. Ephesians 1, 5 says he predestined us for adoption. Why did he need to predestine us for adoption if we were already his children? You get that? Now, you don't adopt someone who's already your kid. You adopt someone who's not your child to become your child. That's what God predestined for us. Back to 1 Peter, if you want to flip again, 1 Peter where he says, 1 Peter 2, uh, verse 10. He says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That's the distinction. That those who are the children of God are the ones who have received the mercy of God through the person of his son, Jesus Christ. We have come to faith in him. We just got done with our, our, our study in Romans and the book of Romans chapters one through eight, specifically chapter eight is all about this truth for us that we were his enemies dead in our sins and transgression, transgressions. And when we see that he's given us his son and that, that, that illuminates our hearts and our minds to behold him for who he is and we come to faith in him, then we are adopted in he has given us, again, Romans 8, 14, the spirit of adoption. His Holy Spirit fills us up, adopts us as God's children. And we are changed. And we are given hope because of that. Okay, so back to 1 John 3. The second part of verse one there, he says, this is what we are. And the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. So if you have faith in Jesus Christ, if you have come to Jesus in faith, you have put your trust in him for salvation, the redemption of your soul by his blood shed on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. You believe in him. You are God's child. And then he's kind of saying, look, don't be surprised then if you're a child of God, like Jesus Christ is a child of God, the child of God, and we now live in him and he lives in us. Don't be surprised if you're different than the world. Don't be surprised if the world doesn't exactly get you all the time. And don't be surprised if you get really frustrated at the world. You ever get frustrated at the world? You ever get frustrated at looking at the way the world is and thinking, why don't you guys just know God? Why don't you just follow? Because they're not. They don't know him yet. They don't see it yet, what you have seen. 
And so our job, by the way, is to share the good news, to always be lifting up the gospel of Jesus Christ, to share with everybody who doesn't yet have this hope, who can't yet see what we see. But man, John's just saying like, don't, don't be so shocked because the world didn't know him. It doesn't know you because it didn't know him. Jesus is the most different person that's ever lived. I mean, if nothing else, just the fact that he never sinned, does that not make him different than everybody else? Perfect and holy, the son of God. And he's, man, if you're in Christ, yes, your, your life's gonna be different. At least it should be. You should be different because Jesus was different. Back to the gospel of John, he says, John chapter one, one through five, he says, in the beginning was the word. This is, again, John's description of Jesus. Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He, Jesus, was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness, listen, has not understood it. I mean, what, what's more different than light and dark? Jesus is the light, and he has shown into the darkness, the light of God revealed to a dark world. And, and he's simply saying, those who, those who are the children of God, we see this light. We rejoice in this light. We worship the one who is our king and our savior and our redeemer. But the rest of the world who still walks in darkness, they just don't see it. Not yet. They don't see it. They don't understand it. He says, the darkness has not understood it. Darkness doesn't get light. It doesn't even understand it. It's completely foreign to the darkness. And that's who Jesus is, though, and he comes in. And those to whom God has given the right to become his children, we, we see it. We see his light, and we're drawn to it. And it's beautiful to us, but it's not to the world. So don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if you're different than the world. You should be different than the world. Jesus was different than the world. So verse 2, 1 John 3, verse 2, he says, Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be. So it's like, this is what you are. You're God's child now. You have faith in Jesus. Rejoice that you are a child of the most high God. That is a praiseworthy statement that you have been adopted in as his children. And he says, but there's even more. There's something more. There's something greater. What we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. He's speaking again of the second advent of Christ. We already looked back to the first advent. He came in the flesh. We know that he was born. The light came into the darkness. And now we know this, that we are children of God. And one day he's coming back into the world. We know that right now we're his children. Right now we're adopted in. We don't have to wait to be his children. That's already true. And yet there's coming a day when like whatever imperfection, whatever struggle, whatever fears, whatever doubts, whatever hopelessness, whatever strife and pain and, and sadness that we live in in this world, will go away when Jesus returns and finally, fully, eternally reveals his children to be his children and to come in and enter into eternal life with him forever. Romans 8, 19 says, the creation waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Like there's, this, there's this day coming when those who are the children, who know by faith that we are the children, our faith will become sight, that we will see what we've always hoped for. Again, we don't yet see it with our eyes. We see it with our hearts now. One day, you'll see it with your eyes. 
One day your eyes will behold the hope that you've always had when he comes back. And the, and the children of God, he says, will finally be revealed. Y'all, this is the hope that we have, the hope that when Jesus returns and in the resurrection from the dead that he has promised us, there will be no more pain, no more fear, no more cancer, no more COVID, no more failure, no more anxiety, no more sin, heartbreak, doubt, hatred, racism, jealousy, bitterness, anger, no more impurity, only perfection when he returns and he reveals himself to us fully that we can see. And he reveals, really, he reveals us to one another to be the children of God. He's gonna do this whole revealing of everything. I am God, you are my people. That will be the end of it. And that is the hope that we stand in between, right? You get that again, standing in between the, the first hope that he has come and the second hope that he is coming. And so our lives are just tethered in hope. You get this? The hope that we have in Jesus Christ. He's come and he's coming again. But here, here's the question for this morning. What if the world that needs this hope because we have it, right? And we, we want to share it. We want to give it to other people. We want, again, there are people all around you all the time. I don't know if you know this. People in your family, people at your job. I hope you see this and I hope you realize this and I hope it burdens you a little bit. Or actually, I hope it burdens you a lot that there are people who don't have that hope. People who don't see that light. They are walking in the darkness. They're the ones who don't understand what you're talking about when you say Merry Christmas. They don't get it. And that's okay. They just don't know yet. And I hope you understand that it's our job to share that with them. But what if they don't see that hope in us? What if that's true? What if it's true that something is sort of blocking up the hope that we have from being able to be extended to a dark world? And here's what he says in the third verse of 1 John 3. He says, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. He says everyone, everyone who has this hope, the hope that he's come, the hope that he was born of the Virgin Mary, that he lived a sinless life, died on that cross for your redemption, shed his own blood as payment for your sins, the hope that he rose again from the dead to secure your eternal salvation and the hope that he now reigns and rules and is building his kingdom and will one day return to call us to himself in eternal life. If you have that hope, John says, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna purify yourself as he is pure. He didn't say some people do that. He didn't say there's a select few Christians who have this hope and kind of attain to this position in life one day where we want to pursue holiness and purity. He didn't say that. He said, everyone, you have that hope in Jesus. If that's you this morning, if your hope is set in him, then purity will be your pursuit. I know we don't often think about um, sin and repentance at Christmas time, but traditionally, Advent begins this way. Traditionally, Advent begins with us looking forward 
to the hope that we have in Jesus's second advent, his coming back, his return, and it leads us to a life of purity and repentance. Repentance. Repentance is the fruit that is born by the children of God. Now listen, don't get this backwards. You get, you get what I'm saying? Did you understand the, the logical flow that John was saying here? He's not saying we purify ourselves in order to receive love from God and so become his children. It's not what he said. He said this, you're his children. You have the hope. He's given you Jesus. You've seen the light. You're walking in the light. You know him. You love him. He's redeemed your soul. Now, if that's true of you, you will walk in purity of life, that your life will reflect the hope that you already have. This is such a critical thing for us to remember because if you get this backwards, it turns legalistic and self-righteous real quick. I'm gonna purify myself so that he lets me be his child. It's no, opposite. You're his child, purify yourself. That's what he's saying. He already loves you. He's already called you. Listen, God doesn't save the pure. He purifies the saved. That's what God does. That's who we are as his people. If you have received the light of Jesus, you will desire to be like Jesus. He said, didn't he? We will purify ourselves. What? As he is pure. It's repentance. It's repentance. Matthew 5, 8 says this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. I'll just leave that there for a second, and I want you to just think about what that means. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. He's already told us, I thought I, thought I do see, like I thought I've already been able to see, right? Yes. The eyes of your hearts have been opened. If you see Jesus for who he is and you believe in him, come to him in faith for your salvation. You can see. But I believe when Jesus said these words, this was Jesus speaking, Sermon on the Mount. What he meant was, listen, I, I want more for you than just fire insurance. Get what I'm saying? I want more for you than a get out of hell free card. I want you to see God in your life. I want you to experience him. I want you to know him. I want you to walk with him every day. I want you to understand what it means to have joy in your heart through the hardest circumstances, to have a hope in your life through the darkest days. I want you to know his love and his grace and his power and his purpose for your life. Every day, I want you to walk in relationship with him. It's not religious, it's relationship that God's talking about. And when Jesus said this, that I want you to see God. And how is that going to happen if you walk the road, the pursuit of purity? To be like Jesus. A lot of people, y'all, a lot of people say that they want to be saved by Jesus but not a lot of people want to be like Jesus. A lot of people want Jesus to be Savior. Not everybody wants Jesus to be Lord of their lives. I don't know over the years how many conversations I've had 
whether with students or a lot of you, of just when you, any of us were in a place in life where we just feel like we're not experiencing the Lord, not close with God, and yet we're unwilling to do away with the things in our lives that are keeping us from him, keeping us from seeing him, keeping us from knowing him fully, keeping us from experiencing all that he has for us and keeping us from being able to display with our lives the hope that we have, the hope that is in us. Y'all, hope doesn't make sense to the world if we look just like the world. It only makes sense if there's something different, something unique, something maybe a little even strange about us as Christians. There should be. And it should be a pursuit of holiness, of purity in Christ. Again, not so that you'll be loved by God, not so that you'll be his child, but because you are. If that's true of you, then you'll repent of sin and do it daily. You know, when Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, whoever wants to come after me must take up his cross. And he says, deny himself, take up his cross. And then he puts this word in there, daily and follow me. Take up your cross every day. You know why? You ever blow it? You ever, you ever just blow it? You ever just mess up? You're, is that just me? No, we do, right? We mess it up. And sometimes daily, we mess it up. And it's the children of God who do this unique thing that nobody else in the world does, that we come to the feet of the cross, the foot of the cross, and we repent of that sin daily. We lay it down. Repentance is a fruit of salvation, guys. And so, I'm, I'm, I'm done talking this morning. Um, I want to offer us a blessed opportunity as a church to repent, to repent together as we go into this Advent season. Listen, I want what Jesus said. I want to see God. I want you to see God. I don't want anything blocking your ability to encounter him and experience him and know him fully. And if there's sin in your life that's unconfessed and unrepented of, that is what will happen. And so right now, um, as a church, we're going to begin Advent by repenting together of sin. Um, if you're on the prayer team and you want to be down here during this time, I'm going to invite you to do that. Um, I'm going to be down here. Listen, here's, here's, the, here's the invitation. And I want you to see this as an invitation, not an obligation, an invitation to you that if you just want to right there where you're at in your chair, just bow your head and turn yourself over to the Lord, that you can do that. If you want to come up here and just kneel at the altar and pray, you can do that. If you want somebody to pray for you, maybe just when you walk up, just tap them on the shoulder and just ask them to pray for you. Listen, if you need to confess to a brother or sister up here, do that. And you know what they're going to do to you, for you? They're going to pray. They're not going to judge. They're not even going to counsel you. They're going to pray for you. That's what they're going to do right now. That's what I'm going to do right now if you need that, okay? That's all that's going to happen in this moment. I'm telling you right here, right now, this is an invitation to you. And you can choose to ignore this time and you can choose to let this just go on by without doing anything. But I fear you will miss being able to see God during Advent, during this time.
okay? So that's the invitation. Um, and it's going to be a good 10 minutes here or so of just prayer and reflection. Um, if you want something to read, maybe to guide your prayer time, open up to Psalm 51 in your Bible. That's a great little repentance prayer to think about and pray about. So let's go ahead and just do this. Let's bow our heads. Bow your heads right where you're at. I'm going to start us off with a prayer and then just the invitation's open. The altar is open. If you need to kneel, kneel. If you need to stand, stand. If you need to go to the back of the room, do that. If you need to come forward, do that. God, just lead us in this time. Thank you that you have given us the hope that we have in Jesus. God, I don't want anything in my life or in the life of any person in this room. I don't want anything to be an encumbrance, anything to be a, an obstacle to us seeing you and enjoying you and showing you to the dark world that we live in. So God, right now, purify us. Lead us to our knees. Lead us to repentance of sin, confession, and trust that you, God, you forgive all who repent and call on the name of the Lord Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen.